Learning shouldn't be a privilege. All children deserve a quality education. Skills like curiosity, critical thinking, problem solving, advocacy and collaboration are not necessarily taught. Even if they are, not every child gets them. Disproportionate learning losses for low-income students are compounding existing achievement gaps in education. Hi, I'm Tej, host of Chizuba Talks, bringing you stories of incredible people with phenomenal work. Today's guest, Lindsay Wonder, is one such. Lindsay founded Educate, Radiate, Elevate, a 501c3 education nonprofit providing free tutoring. I repeat, free tutoring to underserved students in Illinois and Texas. How and why? We will find out. To introduce Lindsay, she has been consistently teaching since 2005. Her formal training in gang intervention, teaching culturally diverse students, dyslexia, dyscalculia, executive functioning, auditory and visual processing difficulties, ESL, high school, high school and college entrance exams, and of course, college essays and applications. She's trained in all of that. She has officially founded Worldwise Tutoring LLC in 2015. Uh, this organization provides tutoring for students of all ages and all abilities in all subjects. She is a bachelor in um, biology, a BA in chemistry, minor in mathematics, and secondary teaching credentials in California and Illinois. Lindsay has traveled to more than 25 countries, I'd love to hear that, and 35 American states. Welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Thank you. And you just made me realize I need to update that. I've added a few countries and states over this past year. <laughs> oh, lovely. You could add those. Um, so tell us, Lindsay, how did uh, Educate, Radiate, Elevate start? And is there a particular story or experience that led to its founding? I don't know if there's one particular story. I think it's just been foundational in what's gotten me to where I am today. Um, as you mentioned, I have degrees in biology, chemistry, and math. So it's like, well, how did you end up in education <laughs> with that? Um, and it was a windy road. I actually went from graduating with those degrees to participating in various internships all over the world, adding, you know, countries and states to my list of places I've spent some time in. And it was an internship related to education that just grabbed my heart. And I decided to go back to school to get a teaching credential. And at the time where the teachers were needed most were in the underserved communities, the low income schools. And that's where I went also because I really believe in equitable access to education. And that's where my love for, for serving um, disadvantaged students really came from because I was able to see firsthand that simply by adjusting your approach to make the connections more meaningful and the content more student-centered, the students were able to excel beyond even what I anticipated. I mean, they just soaked up <laughs> this information. Um, and so when I left that job to move to Chicago, um, I was hoping for a position that was similar to that and I didn't find it. And so that's when I started tutoring full-time. 
But now I'm tutoring families that could pay for it, right? So I'm working with middle and upper income families, and I'm still thinking about these students who I was working with before who were exceptional students with wonderful families but could not afford the services that I was now providing. And so I tried various things over the years, like sponsoring students and so forth. But when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, enough playing around. It is time to start a nonprofit tutoring company um, because the pandemic was really widening that achievement gap and really, really bringing a spotlight onto the inequities. So now the whole world knew what I've been knowing for decades. And I knew that the attention was going to be good because it was going to create opportunities um, related to technology and education that I would be able to use to up you know, provide really high quality services, as you mentioned, at no cost to the families. Right. So a number of questions come to me regarding the, you know, kind of students that come to you. Uh, But the prime question that I would ask here is, how do you select the students? Do you take them in as they come? Or do you identify the gaps and say, okay, you are going to belong to this cohort, and you are the math student, or you are the this gap student? How how do you organize them? So in my experience, tutors are really in a very special place. They're somewhere in between a teacher and a parent um, and a friend. (laughs) They're kind of a combination of all three. And so I am really adamant about one-on-one sessions as much as possible. And going back to the idea of equity, I wanted all students, regardless of their income, to have access to this high quality one-on-one tutoring with a tutor of their choice, who's a professional, who's trained, who's extremely dedicated to building a relationship with that student and helping that student learn the skills beyond just getting your homework done. Um, Really kind of diving in deep on what the student needs. And so what we do is we do meet the students where they are, The students come to us, we have them take pre-assessment exams to really figure out where they are in terms of math, language, arts, and reading, and also in their soft skills, because that's a big component of what we do. And my belief is a big problem why a lot of students do struggle is because they have not been taught those soft skills directly. Um, And then we shape our lessons accordingly. What we found is even if a student is getting, has a GPA of 3.5, you know, they're getting an A in English and they're a 10th grader. When they take our assessments, we find out, well, they're actually reading at, you know, a fifth grade level or sixth grade level. And so that just goes back to the disservice that our education system is doing to students and just funneling them through. It's a business after all for them as well and just trying to get their graduation rates high and keep themselves in business. So we don't just take their grades at face value is what I'm trying to say. We we do look at their GPA and their, you know, their transcripts to make sure that they're at least not there's some dedication to learning there. Um, and as a classroom teacher, I can say even a 2.0 GPA means you're at least trying. <laughs> you know, it's pretty hard to go below that. But other than that, we do assess them, figure out where they are, meet them where they are, and then really target in on what they need to elevate them. And because of that, we've seen our students go up, you know, three, four, five grade levels in four months. Um, because it is very intensive, very student-centered, very individualized lessons. Right. I, I understand where uh, how you are planning that. But sometimes, do you think that there is a clash between the school uh, 
curriculum and what you are teaching? Or, uh, you know, uh, do you think that the child has too much to cope up at school as well as at the tutoring service? So I've designed both of my companies to be an extension of support for the schools. As a former classroom teacher, the last thing I want to happen is for a student to go into the classroom and say, nah, I'm not going to pay attention. My tutor will show it to me later. How is mm -hmm. that helpful? Mm -hmm. We're working collaboratively in this situation. And as you know, the saying goes, it takes a village. So we don't just work with the schools, but also other community providers, the families, siblings, and so forth to really provide a holistic service. So a lot of our tutoring is figuring out what is being taught in the classroom and how can we extend um, the understanding and comprehension of that so that when they go back into the classroom, they are not tuning out, they're actually tuning in more because maybe it makes a little more sense. And part of our name with the radiate part is now they're helping other students, they're helping siblings, they're helping people in their community. Um, so rather than I'm just gonna get the information elsewhere, it's, it's more of an empowering thing to get them in the classroom feeling more confident that to the point where they're able to then spread that knowledge and assistance to others. Well, that's a beautiful way to put it, you know, uh, educate, radiate and elevate, uh, very apt. Um, when you talk about uh, helping others, so there, of course, is, there's a role of empathy in your approach, isn't it? So how, how do you help them? Do you have programs that are running parallel to your uh, educational or academic pursuits uh, to help them with the social skills? that the soft skills that you spoke about? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of components that our youth needs help with, especially when we're talking about the, you know, socioeconomically disadvantaged communities. And to be honest, a student's never gonna be able to focus on their schooling if they're hungry, if they're uncertain of where they're gonna be sleeping at night, if they're experiencing some kind of trauma. Um, and so a lot of our work is also partnering with other organizations that are serving the same communities, but in a different capacity to make sure that their essential needs are being met so that they can therefore focus on their learning without, I hate to use the word distractions, but without being distracted by these core needs that they have. Um, and then beyond that, my tutors are trained. Um, they go through a lot of training. One of the things that they're trained in is culturally responsive and trauma-informed training. You know, that helps them to really understand where the students are coming from, to empathize with them, to not re-traumatize them, even if their intentions are, you know, well-meaning, and to provide an environment that really ups, uplifts them and sees them for who they are. Um, beyond that, they're also trained in how to teach metacognition, which is thinking about how you think, executive functions, which is the daily skills of life, you know, the planning, prioritizing, time management, organization, those kind of things, and also the interpersonal skills, the critical thinking, creative problem solving, leadership. And so in all of those, we don't just talk about theory. We actually talk about how do you do this? Okay, we know that these are skills students need to be caught. We, we know that it's important to be culturally responsive. Great, take that off the table. We're all on the same page. How do I do it? <laughs> how do I actually do this when I'm working with a student and helping them with math or helping them write an essay? It can be intertwined into all of your lessons purely in the way that you 
speak to them, that you interact with them, the opportunities you present to them, the resources you provide to them. And so it goes back to that holistic service of not just sitting there and doing homework with the student, but really helping them to learn the deeper underlying learning and life skills so that they don't need a tutor forever and that when they do get to college, they're going to graduate. And then when they do get a job, they're going to succeed. A lot of programs are all about just getting the kid graduating. Okay, but but what happens if they don't have the skills once they get into this college you helped them get into? So it's really about this long-term success plan for them and helping them to build this individualized, very personalized toolbox that they can access in all kinds of environments throughout their life, in school, outside of school, whatever it might be. And I can say that that really works because with my other business and with my tutoring experience, my teaching experience, I have two decades of it. I, I have them come back as adults and tell me I use this in college. I use this in my career. I use this in my relationships. Hey, and you know what? Can I be a tutor for you now? <laughs> because I want to teach other kids this. I used to hate school. Now I love learning. Um, and so that's, you know, really a testament to these are really valuable skills that need to be taught and tutors are in a very unique and I would say powerful position to be able to very, teach absolutely. those skills. Yes, yes, very true, very true. This plan or this toolbox sounds perfect, right? I'm sure your role comes with a lot of challenges. So I would like you to talk about the challenges that you have encountered in your work and how did you or how are you overcoming them to achieve uh, these goals? One of the challenges you kind of brought up already is I think a lot of schools are wary of tutoring companies because they think, you know, it'll either make them look bad because they're not providing what they, the students need right. or is what the perspective or they think that the students are going to tune out in the classroom. So a lot of what I'm trying to do is really help them understand, no, I'm an extension of support for you. I am here to help them become better students and better learners, um, not to have them be separate from what you're doing. So that's sometimes challenging just because there is a stigma that is associated with tutoring. Luckily, one positive of the pandemic is that somewhat changed. Um, I think a lot of people now realize that tutoring is a valuable tool. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you or wrong with the school. It's just that some students benefit Need from some extra it. support. Yeah, and there's students who have learning difficulties that maybe as a classroom teacher, I can say, you know, when I have a room of 42, 43 students, even if I am doing student-centered lessons and really trying to personalize things, I still have standards I have to meet. I have deadlines I have to meet. Absolutely. It's very challenging for it to all fall on a teacher um, or even a parent who has jobs, you know, and other children. So it's more of just a, you let this be our role to come in here and really teach these skills. Um, it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you as a parent or a school or a teacher or even as a student. It's just, you know, a perk of having a tutor is that you're almost fast forwarding instead of having to learn through trial and error, we're teaching you these things at a younger age. True, very true. Uh, I wish more people would understand this. And I am just wondering now, uh, I don't mean this as a very intrusive kind of question, but do you think school teachers would rather be tutoring than teaching at school? Oh, man. I mean, I <laughs> definitely <laughs> left the classroom. It's not because we don't love our students. 
It's not because we don't love teaching. The politics in a school is often very frustrating because all you want to do is teach and you know exactly, your kids, yeah. you know your babies so well. And sometimes there's so much red tape of just letting you teach, um, which is part of why I left the profession. I was at a school in South Central Los Angeles that had complete trust in me and let me teach how I, how I knew the best way to do so. And when I left that school, only just because I didn't want to be in Los Angeles anymore, um, I thought, oh, I'll find another school like that. And it's very rare to find a school mm -hmm. that really trusts their teachers to do the right thing for their students. Also, the schools have pressure. They have to meet test scores or they get taken over, you know, funding. There's all kinds of situations that they have to meet. The whole system needs a revamp. And I'm a little disappointed. I thought that the pandemic was going to be the, the, the rug being pulled out from underneath the schools of it's time to fix things. And what did we do? We just took what was happening in the classroom and threw it on a camera. Like nothing really changed. And I'm not faulting the teachers for that, but I know that that was very frustrating for them, most of them as well. And hence why I got a lot of people applying to be a tutor. I had principals, counselors, I mean, teachers, everyone was coming to me saying, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm upset. I'm worn out. I don't feel appreciated. And there is just something about this one-on-one -on -one that you just get that immediate satisfaction when Very a student true. gets it. Um, you're appreciated. They thank you, you know, at every session. It's just, and you're allowed to do it the way you want to do it, you know, the way that so you know true. is best for that child. So yes, I would say a lot of teachers are leaving to become tutors, um, which is really unfortunate. And I think that we, we really need to look at our school system yeah, before school, this becomes yeah, an even bigger epidemic. Very true. I hear you. I hear you. I have been in the same profession for 17 years and I know exactly what you mean. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, let's see, what are your long-term goals for this organization and where do you see Educate, Radiate, Elevate? Do you see branches in all states or do you see a larger picture? So... Obviously, pending funding, because <laughs> that's our biggest challenge as a nonprofit is fundraising. Um, we have already been asked by school districts in other states to come to that state. People are seeing the need not just for tutoring, but for this development of soft skills and the student-centered approach. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. It's just a matter of being able to have the resources to expand to those states. Obviously, we also want to work with as many students as possible. So we are slowly every term adding more and more students as the awareness of our services spread, but also as we have more funding to be able to serve those students because the tutoring is completely free for the families and because we want to maintain very high quality tutoring, our tutors are paid. They do take a pay cut. If they were going to work at another agency, they would obviously get paid more, but we really want to make sure that we had professionals in there working with the students, not just a high school student, you know, working with them. We really we really stand by the belief that educational support should be equitable. And if someone else is paying $100 an hour for this service, it should also be accessible to people who are also passionate and driven and dedicated to their learning, but just don't have the money. $100 for them is a month of groceries, you know, so it's not for lack of them not seeing it's important. It's more about priorities. So 
When we can get the funding squared away, I would love to expand our tutors, our students, our locations. Um, sky's the limit for us, for sure. And, you know, we've had data that shows that what we're doing is working. <laughs> so it can definitely Absolutely. be extended. Yeah. With my other business, I have 100 tutors. So I can definitely maintain a process like that with a nonprofit as well. It's just a matter of comes down to funding. Wow, 100 tutors. That's quite a number. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, I uh, wish you success in every endeavor that you are, because you are doing a noble uh, act, isn't it? It's something that learning is something that people will remember for a very long time. And it's something that goes, it's, it's a lifetime of uh, value that you are you know, giving them. Uh, thank thank you. you so much for talking to us. It was lovely. And uh, do let us know if we can help you in any which way because we have online volunteers on Chizuba. So they could also do the tutoring uh, in case. Amazing. We would love volunteer tutors. Yeah, that would be great. We still maintain very high quality, but there's some people who are high quality and can volunteer even better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.